Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dan Nunn. This is, uh, we're going to follow up a little bit on a few things today. I'm going to follow up on the Nashville, Tennessee uh, shooting, which was tragic and horrible. What's even more tragic and horrible is the left's response to it and their knee-jerk reaction to always try to dismantle our Second Amendment rights, stomp on the Constitution, and take away firearms from law-abiding citizens. And the fact that they don't even consider, they don't con- they never condemn the actual criminal. They condemn the inanimate object of the gun or the organizations like the NRA or the GOP Congress or conservatives in general just because, wow, you know, we actually believe in the Constitution. So they're always quick to condemn all that, but they never condemn the actual criminal. And in fact, the criminal is the victim after all. This person was a trans person. It was a woman pretending to be a man. And I'm sorry, you know, if you want to be a woman pretending to be a man, that's all good for you. Fine. But if you want me to pretend that you're a woman being a man, that's my choice to not accept that. You go ahead and do what you want, accept what you want, as long as it doesn't harm other people. In this case, it harmed other people because you were mentally toast. NBC came out with an article, and we're going to cover, also we have some gun control issues that are happening up in Washington State, where I'm from. We have some, uh, uh, of course, the Douglas Mackey case where a person is on trial. He could actually go to jail for creating a meme, a meme that was a joke back in 2016. And they didn't like that. And so he could literally go to jail for making a joke. So we're going to talk about attack on our First Amendment rights, election interference, Russia. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, Mayorkas, impeach Mayorkas, man, he he did, he put out some stuff today regarding the border that is, it, it the word salad he put out, it, it rivals Jen P. Saki. I, I, I'm not kidding you. And we're going to show that video. You're not going to believe it. It is absolutely... <laughs> I bet he crosses his legs or the knees, that guy. I just sometimes wonder if he wears a thong or a panty. Anyway, NBC came out today. They said, oh, fear pervades Tennessee's trans community amid focus on Nashville shooters' gender identity. Hmm, Really? Let me just move that a little bit. Hey, thank you for your patience. Uh, we are terrified for the LGBTQ community here. Kim Spahn, a trans activist based in Knoxville, Tennessee, said, more blood's going to be shed, and it's not going to be shed in a school. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Come on. Seriously? Denise Sather, a drag performer who is transgender, said she had already hired four armed guards before Monday's shooting to secure a drag show, she is she is hosting in a gay bar in Nashville this weekend. Following the anti-trans rhetoric spawned by the shooting, Sadler said she is now planning to hire eight armed guards. You don't know if it's if, if the shooter's gender identity is going to trigger a community of people who already hated us. All right, first of all, hmm, hang on to prove a point. At the end of the day, there's a lot of hurt going on. There's a lot of anger going on. 
There's a lot of confusion going on. The hurt, the anger, and the confusion is on you. Let me make something very clear. We don't hate you. Okay? You hate yourself. We pray for you. We hope that you can have find a place of mental peace and stability in your life where you're not such a freak. Just because I don't agree with what you're doing or criticize how you're living in your life, it doesn't mean I hate you. It's exactly the opposite. I hope that you'll be able to grow up one day and figure it out and become a responsible contributing member of society instead of a trans terrorist. And I want to bring this up too. This this is the irony of this is is just <laughs> a member of their community goes in and kills six people in a school and they're scared. On April 1 they're having an event where it is to to uh, a very activist terrorist type um event. Okay? They're wearing shirts that say accept us or else with pictures of assault rifles on it. And and they're scared? <laughs> I got news for you. A bunch of, you know, conservative activists aren't going to come after you and kill you just because you're a freak. Why? Because we believe in the rule of law. Because we believe in freedom, because we believe in expression. Unlike you, We're not going to go shoot up a school. Your community went and shot up a school. Your community is calling for violence against those that don't think like you do. Your community is calling for violence against those that don't accept you. You are the dangerous ones. If anything, we should be scared. You're scared because you went and killed people? It's insane. These people are insane. Okay? There, there are no if, ands, or buts about it. Sea Sparrows tweeted, I'm to the point where if it takes a civil war to get the guns out of the Republicans' hands and to end the NRA once and for all, sign me up, put me on the front lines. We cannot sit by anymore. I'm ready and willing to go. Time to save our children while we still can. Let's go. Come on. Bring it. You talk big on Twitter. Or are you just going to be a coward and go shoot up a school to make your point and go kill innocent children? You see, as I said yesterday, we don't have a gun control problem. We have a Democrat control problem. The Democrats are the ones that are going around shooting up schools. The Democrats are the ones that are going around killing people. They're the ones that are having radical, violent, so-called Mostly peaceful protests. The one thing that they try to glom onto is January 6th. Oh, look what happened on January 6th. You know, spare me. Spare me. And, and these, so these trans people, now they go out and kill people and then they want to play the victim. Oh, you're a victim. That's what they are. Their life is victimhood. They're confused, they're depressed, they're angry, they're mentally unstable. And they always play the victim card. They have their entire lives.
So whatever, man. This is, I'm going to follow up with this one because today this person got fired. Uh, this is horrific after a deranged lunatic who trans, who was trans murdered six people at a Christian school, including three nine-year-olds. The press secretary for the current Dem governor of Arizona tweets out a gif of an angry woman brandishing two guns. Well, that press secretary has since been fired. She made her Twitter account private after that, hoping that that would hide everything. But you know what? Screenshots, screenshots live forever. And I think that she found that out. I think that that's probably going to follow her around for a little bit of time. Yeah, you know what? You decide to open your mouth and say a stupid thing, you're going to live with the stupid consequences. That's how life works. You might grow up a little bit through this and stop being so stupid. Meanwhile, in Washington State, where I'm from, they're getting ready to pass an assault weapons ban. It's going to get tied up in the courts and cost millions of dollars, which is going to be, that, that bill is going to be footed by the taxpayer because they're going to get suits all over the place. It's not the first time they've tried this in Washington. But, you know, they might actually get it passed this time. But these, these leftist whack jobs, and, 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 and their supporters are fine with it. Oh, yeah, go ahead, take away our guns. Go ahead, trample on our Second Amendment rights. We don't care. Until you're eating bugs and living in the streets for the rest of your lives because the country is bankrupt morally and financially. Because that's the path that we're on. You do get that, right? No, they don't get that. Of course not. I think the people that tune into this show and that follow me on the socials, you, you get that. I like to think that I have a pretty well-informed and intelligent audience. On Tuesday, Washington lawmakers took one step closer to an assault ban at the state level, the Washington State Senate Committee on Law and Justice. Oxymoron. Pushed forward House Bill 1240, a new law banning the sale, manufacture, and import of assault weapons in the state. Describe an assault weapon. Because basically what they want is any semi-automatic weapon that hoards more than one round, anything beyond a musket, basically, a single loaded round. That's what they define as an assault weapon. What is an assault weapon? Please, anybody, describe it. I would go ahead and say that anything that is used to go and attack another person illegally is an assault weapon. A chair, this pen, perhaps, is an assault weapon. Maybe this can could be an assault weapon. Oh no, it's just the ugly, mean-looking guns. Just the ugly, mean-looking guns. They can't even define, they can't define a woman. They certainly can't define an assault weapon. When you ask them, when they're asked in Congress, when they're asked repeatedly over and over, what is an assault weapon? I don't know, you know, well, you know, a weapon of war. Okay, what's a weapon of war? Oh, an AK-47. Okay, um, AK-47s aren't legal. There's none out there. So exactly what are you trying to ban? And they won't tell you. Washington State, unfortunately, is one of the most liberal uh, shitholes that there is in the country. It's where I live for now. You know, I've been uh, I've been in the mindset that you know what we're gonna I'm gonna stay and fight for the state. I'm gonna stay and battle it out. I'm gonna stay and represent. But it's getting harder and harder to do that, and I feel like it's getting close to the time where I'm going to need to flee this place and find some place that. Uh, 
recognizes freedom, the Constitution, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our, my favorite press secretary and yours, Corinne Jean-Pierre. All right. Nice orange suit. She's wearing the pearl necklace. Let's check this out. Does the president support not just banning the sale and manufacture of semi-automatic weapons, but further than that, confiscation? Let's, let me just be very clear. What we're talking about, AR-15s, these assault weapons ban, they are weapons of war, and they should not be on the streets across the country in our communities. They should not be in schools. They should not be in grocery stores. They should not be in, in churches. That's what the president believes. And he has done more than any other president the first two years on an executive order. And as you know, we all know how government works. There's only so much that he can do. And so now it's time for Congress to do the work. And the he's work. happy to sign. Once that happens, he's happy to sign that legislation that says, okay, we're going to remove assault weapons. The question was, would President Biden support the confiscation of existing weapons? That was the question. Which, of course, she avoided because absolutely that's what he supports. They would go around and take every single gun. That's why they're trying to build a national gun registry. They would absolutely go around and confiscate weapons. No doubt about it. And by the way, what is an AR-15? Well, I don't know. These people, they're trying to outlaw something that they can't even define. And, and it's beyond ridiculous. Trump weighed in on the issue a little bit. This is a long clip, but I'm going to let it go for a little while uh, just so you can, so, so you can uh, dive into it. And then I'm going to move on to the next thing because I do want to talk about Douglas Mackey and the fact that he could go to prison for making a joke. Mr. On Twitter. President, we've got to ask you about Nashville and this tragedy. Adults and children killed at this Christian school. Uh, talk to us. Uh, two part question. The first one. Uh, what about Joe Biden? You've been in the White House before, obviously, where you need to react to a tragedy. You're trying to calm the nation, just like this East Palestine situation. He comes down and addresses the nation and starts talking about chocolate chip ice cream uh, and how he right. came down to get a scoop of ice cream. I'm sure you've seen this video. First of all, his performance. What in the world is going on? Well, as somebody messed up. It, it was so horrible. Everyone's waiting to hear his words. And he's talking about ice cream. With a laugh, he's laughing about it. He's joking about it. It's uh, now we're in a we're in a serious trouble. You know, I got to know President Xi. I got to know Putin. I got to know all of them very well, and they respected our country. Believe me, we, I took in hundreds of billions of dollars from China. They never paid us ten cents under any other no. president. Literally, not ten cents. Right. And I took in hundreds of billions of do dollars from China and got along. Until COVID came in, and then I said, I've had it. That's enough of that. And real but, quick. Uh, I made a great trade deal with China. We made the yeah. USMCA. We were respected by everybody, and they look at us now, and they think we're a joke as a nation, a joke. Second part on Nashville. Pardon me. They're saying that this shooter uh, went to another school first and saw there was too much security. So then went to the Christian school, which had less security. What would you do yeah. as president to finally make sure our children are safe and get trained? I mean, there are retired military people. And Karen yeah, showed me a video. I shared a video with you yesterday saying, we'll come forward. We'll protect your children. There are people out there willing to do Former this. Former law enforcement, retired military. Well, so go ahead, sir. And there's a percentage of teachers 
that are very good with guns because you really want them to, where they can handle it. And you have teachers that have a great, you know, record. They're in the military and everything else, and they're in the school. And you can do that with a, you know, with it. You don't need a very big percentage. You take the people that are really adept with guns. A lot of people have been talking about this concept. I threw this out too. But you have people that are very good with weapons and guns that could be, you know, they're right there on the spot. And you could have that. They could put them in safely someplace, but very, very nearby. And if you had something like that happen, they take them out. I thought the police acted incredibly well yesterday. I will say that. They really acted unbelievably well. The speed, you know, the speed and the bravery, as opposed to some other schools where it wasn't that way. But you need to... Yeah, it goes on for a few more minutes. I'm not sure I agree with arming teachers. I'm not, I don't think that's the way to go unless they're, you know, really well trained and really well versed. If they, if, if that's the way certain schools, I guess it should be a school by school basis, right? It should be, they should be able to decide instead of being things happening at the federal level for public schools, maybe it should go back to more of a local level and, Schools could decide on a case-by-case basis. In this particular case, it seems to me, watching the the CCTV footage, when the shooter shot through the glass doors to enter, that a single, no teachers armed, a single hired armed guard in the foyer would have stopped this before it ever began. The shooter would have been taken out. Fire would have been returned, and the shooter would have either fled or been taken down. And I think in a lot of schools, that's very easy. There's only so many entrances into most schools, and they could certainly secure those. They could uh, put steel doors on some and then just leave one area of access when students are in session and in class and then put some put some armed security there. It would shut it right down. It, it, if they're entering a funnel, if they're entering only one place of, of, of ingress, then... They're very easy to control. They're the ones that are that are in in the line of fire, and the position of strength are is is are the people that are fortified, the people that are behind the doors or behind the gates. Someone comes in that's not authorized, and they say, "Oh, we don't want our prisons to be a school, or, or our prisons. We don't want our school schools to be prisons." Well, where do they send their kids? They send their kids to private schools. A lot of them, a lot of these elite politicians send their kids to private schools that have armed guards and armed security throughout the grounds. They have snipers, some of them, some of the politicians. I mean, the schools in D.C. where they send their kids, or Virginia, Arlington, wherever, they have, uh, they have snipers on the rooftops. No one's getting to their kids. But how dare you consider making your kid's school like a prison and having armed guards? To protect them. No, no. Instead, we must take guns away from every law-abiding citizen that's out there because that'll that'll stop evil. That'll stop people from being criminals. A friggin' joke. All right, let's move on here. Um, Douglas Mackey, I don't know if you remember the case, but in 2016, he put out a meme on uh, in a joke on Twitter and it was uh, basically, look, hey, if you want to vote for Hillary, text here. Nobody took it seriously. It was a, it was quite obviously a joke. Well, they charged him with election interference, 
And they're trying to say that, you know, you're, keep in mind, no one has gone to trial or jail for the Russia hoax and the real election interference that happened by the Democrat Party and by Hillary Clinton. But they're taking this poor guy. They're putting out all the stops to put this man in prison for making a joke on social media. Seriously. Here's what Tucker had to say about it. Well, as we told you, the criminal trial, the criminal trial of Douglas Mackey is the greatest threat to the First Amendment in modern American history. Joe Biden's Department of Justice is prosecuting Mackey for the crime of making fun of Hillary Clinton and her voters with a meme on Twitter in 2016. And for that crime, Biden's DOJ is trying to throw Mackey in prison for 10 years. The trial was postponed this week after a defense witness was intimidated by the Southern Poverty Law Center. James Lawrence is Douglas Mackey's lawyer. He joins us tonight. Mr. Lawrence, thank you so much for coming on. It's hard to believe just watching from the outside as a non-lawyer that a case like this could go to trial and that the government could defend trying to throw a man in prison for 10 years for making fun of Hillary Clinton. But that's what's happening. Well, Tucker, the Biden DOJ is coming up with new ways to criminalize dissent and to attack our constitutional rights. And really, this is a concern to all of us. And that's why I'm asking your viewers to support Doug's legal defense by going on to memedefensefund.com. But let's start at the top. The government is using a statute aimed at the Ku Klux Klan to criminalize political speech in violation of the First and Fifth Amendments. But there's more. This is nothing but a massive attack on the First Amendment. And it has been. Just like they attacked the First Amendment by suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop and by silencing anybody who wanted to talk about it. As they went after the First Amendment of censoring people on social media with the FBI's liaison with Twitter and Facebook, the Facebook liaison is probably still going on. And it's all in an effort to stop free speech so that the only information that gets out is government-approved information, right? So they had their trial and basically had a hung jury is what happened. Jury in Douglas Mackey trial tells judge they cannot come to a unanimous decision. After the first full day of deliberations in Douglas Mackey trial, the jury sent this note. We have completed our deliberations and we have not reached a unanimous decision. Please advise. The judge sent them home for the night, told them, keep going in the morning. The Daily News Brooklyn Court reported. So keep going basically until you find him guilty. Activist judge, of course. Mackey, who was charged with election interference, has been on trial in the Eastern District of New York on federal charges. His alleged crime was making a meme in the lead up to the 2016 presidential election that encouraged those who wish to vote for Hillary to do, do so via text. <laughs> it's funny. God, liberals have no sense of fucking humor. I swear to God. Um, the Department of Justice alleged that the constituted election interference, even though they were unable to provide evidence that anyone on Twitter was fooled, by his meme. Nobody actually tried to text their vote in for Hillary, okay? Because it was quite obviously a joke. But in today's political climate, anybody who 
is deemed a political opponent or adversary, anybody that they can go after and make an example of, anybody that they can, and, and, and keep in mind, this isn't about Mackey any more than it is about the people who are in prison for the January 6th incident. What it's about is intimidating Americans and patriots from ever, ever considering doing anything like that again. It's not about justice. It's not about putting people in jail for crimes committed or for anything. No, no, no. This is all about intimidation and silencing the freedom of speech of you and me and others who might even consider doing anything like this in the future. Get a second guessing. Oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't say this because, gosh, I don't want to end up, you know, in the J6 gulag or I don't want to end up in some activist Soros court in New York just because I put a stupid meme out on, on, on social media. That's all it's about. All right, time for today's weirdness. We do truth, freedom, and weirdness on the Nun Report. Here's today's weirdness. And, and <sighs> Joe Biden, man, your, your stuff is just too, you provide too much material. As long as he's, one thing about him being in office is he provides a plethora of material that we can constantly make fun of and ridicule and laugh at. And this one is no exception. We on? <laughs> Wait for the cue. Shall I begin? Hello, everyone. <clears throat> Let me start by apologizing for the slight cold I have. That's the only thing that's happening to me these days. The, the slight cold he has, that's the only thing that's happening to me these days, other than the fact that my mind is getting worse and worse by the minute. It's the only thing that's happening to me to, these days. What the, what the hell is he even talking about right there? I don't understand. We're going to move on to immigration, and Mayorkas was in front of Congress. He was grilled. Uh, he, actually, he was destroyed. And I'm going to cover that a little bit, I think, we need to keep our, our, let's not lose track or get distracted from the hot moment, the current event, and lose sight of the long-term events in the big picture. One of the big pictures in this country is the southern border and what's going on in there, the massive invasion, the hundreds of millions of people that are coming in since Biden became president, the human trafficking that is occurring, the drug trafficking that is occurring, the fentanyl that's coming to this country that has become the number one killer in the demographic of people between 24 and 40 years old. 80,000 people in 22, 2022, okay? So this is not a small deal. It's a big, as, as Biden said, when they passed the, the Obama, Obamacare deal and Biden was caught on the hot mic, he said, this is a big fucking deal. You know what? It is a big fucking deal. The fact that our border is wide open and that they're allowing this to go in. And their answer is not to secure the border. Their answer is to just process people faster. Which is why, rightly so, Republicans refuse to sign on to any of their border and immigration plans because all their border plans do not slow the stem of people coming in. Their solution is to increase the, the processing so that they can get everybody through faster. Therefore, preventing a backup at the border. 
So let's take a look at what happened in the in the congressional hearings today. Um, hang on here. Take a look here. So we'll start off with with this little clip. Um, Mayorkas is being grilled, and but Mr. Guest, one of the things I want you to focus on is look at uh, look at the the name tag, the label on Mayorkas's desk. With all right the statistical data that is out there, and with the statements of your border patrol chief, do you still maintain today that our border is secure? Uh, Congressman, you have covered a tremendous amount of uh, of land in, in your... Um... The Honorable Alexandro Mayorkas. There is nothing honorable about this man. I'll tell you right now, he's a P-O-S. Nothing more, nothing less. In fact, I wouldn't even call him that. I would, I would rather pick up, I have two German Shepherd dogs and they make messes all over the place. And I'll tell you what, I'd rather deal with those messes than this guy. That's how low he is. He's, he, this guy is lower than my German Shepherd dog's feces, okay? In, in your remarks, and I very much appreciate the time that we have spent uh, together uh, addressing the seriousness of the challenge at our southern border. I look forward uh, to meeting with you and discussing the, um, uh, uh, the matters that you have raised uh, in your remarks preceding uh, your question. I work very closely with Chief Ortiz. Actually, I selected Chief Ortiz to... Word salad. And these guys, that's what I'm saying. This guy, this guy um, he rivals Jen P. Saki in the amount of word salad he can put out. Put a long red wig on him and maybe some mascara, a little bit of uh, uh, blush and something like that. And... Um, you know, paint some freckles on his face. He could maybe pass as Jen Pisaki. Check this one I'm out. I'm not asking about department. 2006, oh, Mr. Secretary. I'm, I'm asking sorry. about how many agents you're planning to add to your list. I, I believe the number is 350 th Border Patrol 350 agents, if I'm correct. 350 Border Patrol agents in fiscal year 2024. Right. And this fiscal year, we added 300. The first time since is this, 2011. Is this what CBP is telling you they need to be able to secure the border and provide that operational security? Mm -hmm. Is that the number or is it more? It's 300. Remember something, if I may, Congresswoman, that there is a limit to how many we can actually functionally hire in a particular year. We need more Border Patrol agents than 350. Which is my biggest concern because there's we, 800 uh, or so of those positions that are open right now. So I guess my biggest question is when you look at 19,000 staffed Border Patrol agents, which is what we have right now, funded for 19,800, 800 of those positions are currently open. So when you're coming to us and saying you need more Border Patrol agents, um, the policies of this ad administration have truly affected retention for CBP. So when we're down 800 currently, how can you tell me realistically that when you're coming to us to ask for these many new positions, you're going to be able to feasibly actually hire this many new people? Yeah. They have over 800 positions open because nobody wants to work there because People left because they were required to get a vaccination, an experimental vaccination, a, a substance, an experimental substance injected into their body that nobody knew exactly what it was going to do. Now we're finding out that vaccine injury is a huge thing. That's going to be a topic later this week. And he's got no answer. They have no idea. They're so understaffed at the border 
and, and they, they just don't have it. She continues to grill them. Check this Greatest one out. Number, but are you aware uh, of the number of Americans who have been killed or attacked by illegal immigrants? It should be an absolute priority for you not only to know that number, but to know names of these victims. Are you aware of the number of CBP agents who have been attacked or assaulted in the line of duty at the southern border since you took office? So as I was, um, uh, as I was answering um, your prior question, uh, we... Um, removed and expelled approximately 1.4 million Sir, the number is 1,100. 1,100 attacks on CBP agents at our southern border. And that is from why precisely we are... He didn't even know. These people come up and they don't know the answer. He doesn't know his own agency. This person needs to be impeached. He needs to be impeached. And if he can't be impeached, you know, this is why 2024 was so important and why it needs to be Donald Trump and nobody else. Donald Trump is the only one who's got the cones to go in there and fire on day one, on week one, every single person that has disrupted, that's not doing their job, that is an activist, that is a globalist, every single one. Christopher Ray, fine. Mayorkas, fine. Get him out. Every single one of these bastards. And, uh, there's no one else who's going to do that other than Donald J. Trump. That's why I'm so big on Trump. I'm big on Trump because I don't care if you don't like him. I don't care if you don't like his mean tweets. I don't care if you don't like his orange skin. In fact, the more that you dislike Trump, the more I support him. How about that? It doesn't mean I'm in a cult. It means that I have a critical thought process that exceeds yours. Check this. First, uh, do you believe that there is a crisis at the southwest border? Um, uh, Ranking Member Britt, I think there is a very serious challenge at the southern border, as I have articulated. Yes, sir. Are you willing to call it a crisis? I consider it a very significant challenge, and I am focused on... He refuses to call it a crisis. We have millions of people coming to this country legally. The gotaways alone, hundreds of thousands... We don't know who they are, where they came from, what they're bringing with them, where they're going, what their intentions are. Some of them are terrorists. A lot of them are CCP people. These are the gotaways. The, the only, you know, they're counting the, the, the ones that they document, the ones that they deport and the ones that they let in. But amongst that number are a large percentage of gotaways, about 30%. Super high percentage. And they have no idea where they're going and what they're doing, what their intentions are, or anything like that. Karine Jean-Pierre, she's always got something to say. She's always got a really loud suit on. Those policies that we have put forward uh, has, has had an effect. I understand that there's glitches in the app. That is something that we're always looking at, uh, something that we always want to make sure that we fix and deal with the issues because we want to make it easier uh, for migrants to apply and to go through this process. But again, the policies are working. We would like to do more. Again, she's talking about, so they put out an app, all right? Oh, the way we're going to stop people from flooding the border is we're going to give them access to an app on these. Somehow these migrants all have $1,000 cell phones, you know, iPhones or whatever. I'm not sure how that works, but somehow they do. And so they all have access to this app now. So they don't have to come to the U.S. border. They can just apply on the app. And again, the goal, the, the, the purpose behind it, the border policy and immigration policy of the Biden regime is to bring as many people in 
as quickly as possible. It's not to stop them. It's actually to encourage them and to increase the number of people that come into this country. Oh, it backfires on them. You know, a lot of these people come from communist countries. They come from countries where they've tried socialism, where they've gone from capitalism to socialism, and they've failed miserably. A lot of these people have family values. They believe in the family unit. They believe in life. They don't believe in abortion. They don't believe in, you know, non-consensual sex. They don't believe in a lot of this stuff that the Democrats seem to think is okay. Time will tell. Time will tell. And Kirby, he got up there and had a few words as well. This underscores, this event underscores why President Biden is working so hard on trying to open up more legal pathways again uh, for people to come into the United States and to do it in a way that's safe and secure. And that's basically a foundational element of the migration immigration policy that the... The foundational element of the immigration policy in the United States is to open up a pathway for as many people to come into this country as quickly as possible. We see how that's worked in the UK. We see how that's worked in Scotland. We've seen how that works in France. They've diluted their population, their culture so immensely that you've got gang rapes going on in the UK because the Muslim population thinks it's okay to target Western white women. It's just acceptable. Same thing going on in France. Same thing going on in some of the, in fact, uh, some of the Netherlands countries have, have stopped the immigration because they realized what a horrible disaster it was. You can't just have unstemmed, if you, if you have unstemmed regulation into a country, a, a country, you don't have a sovereign country. You just don't. I got to bring up a couple of little tidbits here at the end, and then we're going to close out. I read Politico. I look at the liberal regs because I like to know thy enemy, and I like to see what they're saying because usually what they're saying is a bunch of garbage, and then usually, well, not usually, but then sometimes they say something that is basically, they don't even realize they're saying it, proves our point. And this is one of those. Politico, Manhattan Trump grand jury to set to break for a month. The Manhattan grand jury examining President Trump's alleged role in a hush money payment to a porn star isn't expected to hear evidence in the case for the next month. And then they give the excuse why, but you know, the reason why is because they don't have the votes. They don't have the votes to bring an indictment. In one of the most liberal states, in the most liberal cities, in the most liberal districts of the country, they can't get 12 people on a grand jury to vote for indicting Donald J. Trump because it's another huge nothing burger. There's nothing there. Seven years they've been going after this guy. Man, I can tell you, you can if you went after any member in Congress for seven years straight, you would find something. They've been going after Donald Trump and they have not been able to make anything stick because there's nothing there, man. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. All right? Here's the none better take of the day. You have a trans community who somehow has set them up, themselves up to be a victim, a member of their community, and they are radical. Many of them have, have really serious mental health issues. They are radical. They are violent, particularly 
the women who trans to be males in both ways, actually. And it doesn't get better. So when they become trans, they think that's going to fix all their problems. And it doesn't. It just amplifies them because of the underlying mental health issues or the, the causes of those issues don't go away. They're still, it's the old, the grass is not greener on the other side sort of an analogy. It's the same thing. And now that a member of their community went up and shot up a school, and this is not the first one. We talked about it yesterday. It is very, a lot of trans people go shoot up schools. They're violent people and mentally disturbed. But they're the victim. They're scared. They're scared of retaliation. So they're the ones that are going around killing people. And they're the ones who are scared? Really? I think that maybe I'm the one who's going to be scared. And by the way, where's the manifesto of this person from Nashville, Tennessee? The police said that they found all kinds of documents in the car and at home that expressed why she was doing what she was doing. Where is it? The body cam footage of the CCTV video that, that showed the security from outside in the parking lot and the entrance and whatnot. You know what? You don't want to stop these shootings? Put an armed guard in the foyer. If they would have had an armed guard, because their doors were locked. They, they, they had the, the facility secure. If they would have had an armed security guard in the foyer, it would have stopped this thing before it ever got started. They, he would have either, or she would have either returned fire or it would have been a factor that would have stopped him from even approaching the building to begin with. The solutions are not that hard. And really, in the big picture, they're not that expensive. We could do it all without restricting the Second Amendment rights and stripping away firearms from law-abiding citizens. The majority of firearms owners are responsible, law-abiding American citizens exercising our God-given constitutional rights to keep and bear arms. You have asshats like David Hogg out there saying, oh, you know, the founders fathers, they, they, it was for a militia, you know, but basically today's National Guard, or and then, he, then he switches his argument, oh, they were thinking about muskets. No, what they were thinking about is the most advanced weaponry of the day. And that still applies. Still applies. So don't sit there and tell me that you're going to take away my right to bear arms. You have a, a, they say that conservatives hate us or, you know, people hate the trans community. We feel scared. We're in danger. We're the victim. No, you're not. We don't hate you. We pray for you. The fact is you hate yourself. That's sad, but it's in your face. It's true. We don't hate you. We love you. We want you to heal and be better and grow up and become a productive member of society instead of a threat and a burden like you've become. You're not a victim. Well, up here you are. I think a lot of it has to do with the the destruction of the nuclear family. How many of these, how many of these people, you know, grew up in families, broken families, broken households, 
no mother and father around all the time, no traditional role values, that sort of thing. You've got a wide open border and they try to make excuses for it. Oh no, no, you know what? Our solution to, to immigration is not, is not to restrict people from coming in, it's to bring them in faster. Douglas Mackey, who was, <laughs> he's being prosecuted for putting out a meme in 2016 that said, hey, if you want to vote for Hillary, text, text your vote in. It was a joke. It was satirical. But in their effort, as always, to squash free speech and in the process, intimidate the free speech of everybody else so that you will never consider ever doing anything like that again. You'll think twice before you make a joke. You'll think twice before you criticize your political opponent. You'll think twice before you support somebody like Donald J. Trump. It's about restricting the First Amendment, about making people fearful because the left rules by fear. They always have. It doesn't matter whether it's immigration or whether it's climate change, whether it's voting, whether it's Russia, Russia, Russia. The left rules by fear. They rule by emotion. Not by what's best for America or Americans or freedom. Anyway, hey, thanks for watching. This has been The Nun Report. If you've just been listening on the radio, make sure uh, you check me out on rumble.com slash The Nun Report because I put some videos up today you're going to want to check out. You can catch me on all the socials at The Nun Report except for TikTok because I don't do that commie BS or just go to my website, thenunreport.com. You can check in. Everything is linked in right there. Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers.